It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online show. Zach Albaverde and Nick Del Torre here. And folks, we are one week away from the start of spring ball. March 7th, the Gators will hit the practice field for the first time in 2024. Nick and I will be out there for the, what, 15, 20 minutes that we get. And uh, we'll be the start of uh, 15 practices uh, that we get to report on as Gators open spring camp. Obviously, basketball in full swing. The Gators reach mm-hmm. 20 wins uh, for the season with their latest victory. And then, obviously, baseball gets back on track Wednesday as well. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. Dealing with, like, some kind of sickness, some upper respiratory infection. Went to the doctor. It's not the flu. Not Rona. Just over here coughing my lungs up. Uh, getting ready to drive down to South Florida, get to see my parents, get to see – Florida, Miami at Mark Light Stadium. Get myself a Mark Light shake. Uh, we'll be interested <laughs> to see what they cook up. They do they do some crazy milkshake, Zach. Like they had, um, uh, I think Rutgers came down and they put a cannoli in a shake. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done like lobsters in shakes when they've had like Maine come down. They 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 go all out. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see that. That's a great rivalry. I always look forward to getting down south, seeing. Uh, some of my friends from high school, my best man, my groomsmen, uh, and my parents. So excited for the weekend, not excited for that drive. Yeah, but you you know like the back of your hand, though. I mean, it's just <laughs> turnpike, baby. Just You could probably away. make it blindfolded. Yeah. yeah. Well, Although listen, I would not advise that you do that. I did just order a Tesla. Uh-oh. Uh, so Uh-oh. Ho- hoping the new car will just, like, drive me. To and from South Florida from is, now is, on. Is it one of those Teslas that can do it? Yeah, yeah we got some we got some full self-driving in there. Oh man. My my car does the lane departure that will it'll correct well, Zach, it. And for, I, I don't for the like people that. for the people listening, Zach has driven with me. Uh Zach now insists on driving when we go places together. I think my insurance should come down because I'm driving less. Yes, I've I've taken a lot of miles off your car, <laughs> and now and now with the Tesla, you're 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 really going to be saving, bro. I'll just be, I'm I'll be firing tweets off on Turnpike while the car drives me home. That's fantastic. Well, we got a lot of uh, road trips that we're looking forward to in 2024, mm-hmm. and looks like I'm going to be making some here in a couple of weeks, thanks to Todd Golden. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get into that uh, later on in the show, but we got a lot of news to get into on the football front and obviously we've got a spring camp to uh preview as well leave your comments in the comment section uh we'll get into those uh before we get this thing off let's start with our first ad read and want to give a shout out to my perfect franchise if you are ready to leave the corporate rat race for the american dream looking for a side hustle while working your current job wanting to diversify build wealth and or leave a legacy Andy can help. Andy's a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, 
financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership with franchises. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at myperfectfranchise.net or calling or texting him at 404-973-9901. Now, Nick, before we get into players to watch, biggest storylines and questions, let's talk about the news of the week. Uh, And we'll start with this, I guess, staff move, uh, but it's just another promotion in as many years. Uh, Second one for Russ Conaway as he – is now co-OC for the Gators. And it was mm-hmm. a move that has kind of been anticipated the last month or so, uh, something that Billy talked about in the February signing day, but uh, it is now official after he was pursued by, count it, three NFL teams uh, as well as UCLA uh, that we reported at Gators Online. And again, he was already kind of, I, I think, on this path, headed towards this, and we've talked about it on the show but now I think with him obviously getting pursued by three NFL teams, uh, that, that kind of sped that up and earned him this this uh, this promotion. Yeah, I think one, we're seeing it across the board, Zach, like the college calendar is so screwed up that if you are a NFL caliber coach and the NFL wants to give you a job, it's a lot easier to coach in the NFL right now than it is to deal with what's going yeah. on in college. So you're seeing coaches make that jump. Also, I keep going back to this, but we Billy Napier says we self-evaluate. We take a long, hard look in the mirror um, after every season. Uh, he had never fired a coach in six years. Within 48 hours of the 2023 season ending, he fired two defensive coaches. One of them was a guy they paid nearly a million dollars to buy out of his contract and was one of the yeah. first staff hires. And the second was a guy that we <laughs> – Every time there was a coaching opening, it was like, hey, Corey Raymond, can he be running back's coach or whatever? (laughs) So he made two defensive uh, changes, made a change on the strength staff. Um, Clearly, when the when the long, hard look in the mirror and not just any change. And and I said it so many times this podcast, I'm like, listen, your strength coach is is your guy. That's your guy. You don't fire those guys. So it clearly what you were hearing and, and what you saw on film, you thought, yeah, we need to make a change. There's been no change on offense other than Darnell Stapleton getting a chance in the NFL. So I don't think that, you know, which we will we'll address as well. While the flight trackers were fun um, and, you know, Willie Korn and, and Brendan Marion and Joe um, Brady. the ghost of, of John Madden coming back to call plays, Joe Brady. Um, I, I don't think Billy Napier looked at the offense and said, that's our issue. We need to change. So I think when you look at it, it's you're, you're giving Russ a, a promotion to keep him here, but I think he's also deserving of it. But if yeah. you think that it's going to change philosophically what Florida's doing or change what the offense looks like, I think you're fooling yourself. Yeah. And I think that he wouldn't have, given Russ his promotion and, and put him on this path if he didn't feel like he was going to run some semblance of what he wants. Although yeah. when he was the offensive coordinator at Sanford, he was more of an air raid guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's, if he is calling plays, going to add that element to the offense. And how big um, of an if is that? So here, here let's, let's circle back. 
Billy has already said that he wants to call plays this year. So I don't think that this promotion changes that. What it does to me, and we've we've talked about this in the past, but what it does to me is now is is it signals that Russ Calloway on the day that Billy is ready to hand the keys over uh, and, and give up play calling duties, he is now at the front of the line. And I, I, I think that this puts him on that trajectory. How yeah. soon can that be? Um, does that start this spring? Does that start this fall? And does it eventually become a full-time thing? Uh, I don't know. This, this, I don't think it'll be this season, but I think it'll be in the, in the years to come. Well, remember I, what we talked about though, too, Zach, is when we said Billy didn't want to put himself into a corner. And if you name Russ yeah. OC and it doesn't look good in the spring, well, now you got to fight. You can't demote him. So I think what happened to cause the 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 change now is what is what we reported to online that there was NFL interest, UCLA interest. It's like, okay, yeah. we got to make the move now to keep him. But I think the spring, I don't think it changed anything. I think it's still kind of a uh, almost an audition or a trial period. Um, and, sure. and for I, for one, would love to see like orange and blue game. Russ, you're the head coach of the blue. Billy, you're the head coach of the orange. Or I think they'd end up doing like blue and white, but head coach of the blue, head coach of the orange, and let's dial up some ball plays against each other, like go against each other. Yeah. I think that's fun. No doubt. And 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 I also think, too, to, to add Rob Salem to this conversation, who is also the other offensive coordinator, it's basically a – run game coordinator, pass game coordinator setup, I, I believe, or the, the way that I, I view it, obviously, with Rob being the O-line coach, and you look at, obviously, uh, Callaway's background, and, and that would be, you know, great to see if, if that's something that gets incorporated into Florida's offense uh, with, with Merge, especially with DJ Lagway, who can push the ball down the field, uh, to see some more air raid elements, uh, principles, show up be incorporated uh i do think that when when it's and i've mentioned it before but i do think that it's it's very similar to what we saw or could see um as it was with brian johnson and dan mullen when he, when he started to take on more play calling responsibilities when he would make certain play calls during the game and get credit for it in post-game press conferences i i think we're going to start to see that with russ and i i think that we'll mm -hmm. see that as soon as this year um, I still think Billy will be the play caller. He says that he still wants to keep doing it. But uh, eventually, Russ is going to take on more and more and more. And he's going to eventually get to a point, if he keeps progressing on that path, that Billy says, hey, it's it's, it's time. And I, I, think as, I think as a head coach, he knows that he has to get to that point one day. I, th I don't think that he wants to or, or, is, or is, wants to call plays forever. Um, I just think that he's got to get comfortable enough to hand those keys over, and now he's getting closer to that with this move. Um, it um, it'll be interesting because uh, you know, like we, like I said, you know, hat tip to Dan Mullen, promoting Brian Johnson in that way is what got Brian Johnson to the NFL, and maybe Russ Calloway yeah. doesn't want to recruit. Listen, he's done a great job recruiting. I think when he got the on-field job, our question was. That was your can first question, Nick. Can he recruit? Can he you're recruit? a tight end. Yeah. You're a tight ends coach, my guy. Half your half yeah. your practice is blocking with the tackles. Can you recruit? And, and recruits have loved him. So you check that box off. But 
It's not just he's much more than a tight ends coach. We've come to learn too. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his offense is really good at Stanford, but here's the thing: you're not going to be. I mean, maybe you are. Maybe you are air raid. I remember. Remember when we had Andy Staples on, and Andy's like, "Florida's going to have well, to throw the ball is, the field." But I, I don't remember. I don't, Brian Johnson added more of that into the offense than what Dan mm-hmm. was calling. I we just saw a lot of Florida. Florida doesn't have the guys, the the skill position guys, to do that. But they. They've, they've got a new quarterback that. But yeah. also, if you wanted a wholesale offensive change, why are we throwing Graham Mertz into his third different offense in three years? Yeah. A big no part doubt. of what I said about getting Graham Mertz back was look at Joe Burrow's second year in the system, Kyler Murray's second year in his system, all of these transfer quarterbacks, second year in their system when they're comfortable with it and they're older. Look at the strides they've made in all offseason. And listen, we we got into it, too, with being like, listen, Florida needs a new play caller. They need an offensive coordinator without thinking of like, okay, well, maybe Graham is comfortable with what they're running and going to get more and more comfortable with it and open up more of the offense. Or what if we threw Graham Mertz into a brand new offense uh, for the third year in a row? No bueno. (laughs) I don't think so. Um. So that's where things stand with that. I think that as we get to the start of spring ball next week, Billy will address, or, or he's going to get asked. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what he has to say about it. But like to your point, Nick, he's he's probably not trying to come out and and say where things are headed one way or the other. He's going to let it develop and play out in practice and come to that conclusion when he's ready. Not on. Uh, you know, the media schedule or the fan schedule, because, of course, everybody wants to know. Um, I think we'll probably be the last to find out uh, when, when that's when that's happening. Listen, uh, I, this might just be me. I'm I'm more interested to see what number DJ Lagway walks out with on March 7th. Because <laughs> uh, I think well, I know who's calling plays. So what number is DJ wearing? But real quick, I wanted to just hit this before we change anything. Um, Patrick, on-field staff, not finalized. Uh, that's what we're going to get into right now. Still have uh, a open position for the next offensive coordinator. I have three. three. Um, But if you read Gators online, don't want to give. uh, Yes, you should. I don't want to give away too much from the story that we reported this week, but it is where things stand on the opening with Florida staff, that 10 assistant that was just asked about. And this is obviously not the second time that the Gators have gone into spring camp with Napier, uh, not with their full staff. Uh, They they went through this last year. They had three of their coaches hired by NFL teams. This year, just one of them, uh, Darnell Stapleton, heading to the commanders. Uh, For now, as we speak to you all on this uh, 29th of a leap year in February 2024. Uh, nothing has officially been reported, but what we have reported among three things uh, that we're hearing on this is that uh, for those that were wondering, could there maybe be a quarterback coach hired or promoted? Could they do something else with that with that 10th opening? Um Napier, as we've reported at Gators Online, is going to fill Stapleton's spot with another offensive line coach. Uh, He's had two O-line coaches on his staff ever since he's been a head coach at Louisiana in Florida. And in fact, 
in two thousand after the 2020 season when he had two O-line coaches uh, that left, he filled both of those openings uh, with two more O-line coaches. So that is what he's always done. He places a premium on it. Um, thought there was a chance that maybe he could use an analyst role to uh, have that second O-line coach and then and maybe sh- restructure his staff a little bit. But that's the direction that things are headed. Um, and, you know, I think we could see higher happen before uh, the start of spring ball. That's my expectation. Yeah. Um, for a guy who, I mean, from his opening press conference, um, almost like answer and not like in a, I'm not like saying he did it in a weird way or an antagonistic way, but he was kind of like, why wouldn't you have? Like when we were asking him, yeah. Why would you have two offensive line coaches? He kind of looked it's at like us. It like, makes sense would, to me. Why wouldn't yeah. you? Like, there's so many guys inside technique and outside technique, so different. Um, you've got like the center. He's like, you've got twelve. You've got twelve second secondary coach or so, you know twelve cornerbacks, nickel safety. He's like, and we have corner and safety coaches. So why wouldn't you have? You know, you have that many players on offensive line. So it's not surprising. Um, I just didn't know. Uh, you know when Stapleton left. Napier's very deliberate in his hiring process. Um, and I thought, hey, maybe you'd get uh, Ryan O'Hara would get to be on the field a little bit, which would allow Napier, hey, Ryan O'Hara is going to be on the field for spring, um, kind of like um, David Decker was for a little bit before the Billy Napier uh, or Billy Gonzalez hire. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it shouldn't come as a surprise um, that Florida will continue having two offensive line coaches. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And on that note as well, some other uh, actually several staff moves to report. Uh, let's start, Nick, with the with the uh, news that you first reported at Gators Online. Uh, Jesse Ackerman, uh, blast from the past, coming back to UF, and a very very qualified name in the strength department. Yeah, it. Um, when I first heard the news, I was like, oh, it sounds kind of familiar, and then I looked up. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't really recognize him. And then I saw a I picture sent you of that tweet. Yeah. Then he said, get your mind right. And I saw him and Dillman. I was like, oh, man, I remember him. Um, and, uh, you know, shortly after the news comes out, Alex Anzalone um, quote tweeting it, talking about the impact Ackerman made with him. Um, and, and Jake McGee also followed up. Super high intensity guy. Um, I don't think I was there for this, but. Um, Thomas Goldcamp talked to us or talked to me about um, meeting with Ackerman uh, during McElwain's tenure um, and said, this guy can motivate a rock. Um, so someone who's been all over the place, NFL, XFL, uh, trained the 75th regiment of the army Rangers. Uh, so uh, interesting, interesting hire. I think it, the biggest thing for me is, I know fans who like to troll themselves uh, and troll their team, you know, when they say like, Oh, they hired Ron Roberts as a babysitter. 
uh, for Austin Armstrong. And, oh, they've hired a babysitter now for Tyler Miles. I think it's just you have somebody in Ackerman who has a lot of experience and can be a sounding board. It's Tyler Miles is running the strength program. And if he has questions or if he needs advice, now you have somebody with two decades of experience who can lend that. But he also understands this is Tyler Miles' program. I'm coming to help that program. And another staff hire that we'll mention before we talk about two departures. Um, and, and, you know, we were just talking about the offensive side of the ball and play calling and this and that. And on that note, uh, former offensive coordinator at Arkansas, Miami, a few other places, Dan Enos is joining the Gators staff in an off the field role. And, um, you know, before any Florida fans freak out about, what his involvement could be in the offense. It doesn't sound like um, that's that's primarily what his gonna responsibilities are going to be. Uh, it looks, based on Nick's report, that uh, he's uh, for after what, Nick? Probably, I think, two years now. I uh, can't remember when Pascaloni left the staff. Uh, Pascaloni was barely here for Napier because he got – what he knew was going to be his last opportunity to be an on-field coach with the Panthers, which only lasted a year. Yeah. Um, but he was with Mullen. Um, and I've never heard a single bad thing about Paul Pasqualani. Um, but yeah, it was only with, with this staff for, for a minute. Yeah. And so it's been a while since Napier found somebody that was, you know, qualified to fill some of those, uh, responsibilities, but, um, Again, according to Nick's report, uh, Enos is going to be focused on advanced scouting and helping out Napier with different projects. That was uh, kind of similar to what Pascaloni did before he took that job uh, prior to the 22 season. So um, another uh, another person that they add in, to the staff in an off the field role, Nick, and um, you know you talk think, think about the chief of staff. I mean he's. He's continuing to try and make his, you know, all the hires and, and kind of fill out his organization. If listen, I don't, I don't have a, a very high opinion of Danny Enos as an offensive coordinator after watching him in Arkansas twice and Miami. Um, but listen, uh, this could be the start of the Billy Napier fired coaches clinic that Nick Saban had uh, at Alabama. It worked um, out for him. Yeah. Danny Enos has gotten fired at a lot of places and, and just continues getting power five jobs. Um, he has a lot of experience. If it's, if it's kind of, like I said, you know, with Ackerman, like, Hey, just an, a fresh set of eyes in the building. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Um, if it's anything to do with calling plays, I'm out. This is, this is the guy who asked KJ Jefferson not to run, went two and six, got fired. Then, a guy who had never called plays for Arkansas shows up and is like, Hey KJ, why don't you try running against Florida and Arkansas upsets the Gators in the swamp? Yeah. And that's, you know, to go back, that wasn't what Pascaloni did at least initially for Mullen or with Napier. Although he did uh, reach a point where he actually was coaching for the Gators. Yeah. Uh, under yeah. Mullen. Well, that'll happen. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> I think I think that you know the advanced scouting, looking at and breaking down film of other teams, and then also if if they have it, it, it wasn't in the title that I was told, but Pascaloni was called that self scout, 
Yeah. And you would see him watching everything at practice and then he's going and watching film and, and it's another set of eyes to catch something that maybe the coach isn't seeing, or sometimes you're wrapped up into what you're doing day to day and you kind of get horse blinders on and then you need somebody to say, Hey, look at this. And, and somebody shows you the exact same clip you've watched 30 times, but with a different perspective and, and sure. it can help uh, your teaching and your coaching. And uh, before we get into spring ball and, and again, start to preview camp, uh, two more staff moves that Nick and I want to touch on. And and look, attrition is part of the business, especially, uh, w- w- you know, when it comes to guys that are being are climbing the ladder in the coaching ranks or in the recruiting ranks. Um, this is this is part of it. But I do think that these two individuals that we're about to mention next, I think, um these are two of maybe more of the significant losses that you'll see, uh, you know, every every offseason. I mean, again, it's going to happen, but these two are pretty big for Florida. And that's Callie James um, getting hired by Jackson State and Joe Hamilton getting hired by uh, Texas A&M. Both of those guys had received promotions from Napier this offseason. Uh, Callie James being promoted to a defensive line assistant. And uh, for anybody that had been at practices uh, when he was a GA, I mean, that guy was was running that defensive line with Spencer, very involved in, in the coaching, but also very, very involved in the recruiting. And for his role that he had played in the organization, he was probably one of the most impactful staff members when it came to how players viewed him, how recruits viewed him. So from that aspect, it's a very, very big loss. Uh, It's not going to be the same at practice without his energy. And then for Joe Hamilton, this is somebody that had been with Napier at Louisiana, came over and and was huge in Florida success, especially with DJ Lagway and and some other uh, nationwide recruits had been promoted to director of scouting and not only Texas A&M, but uh, we had also learned that Texas was coming after him as well, Nick. And, uh, that is his home state. Both of those SEC programs trying to get him back home, and A and M is the the one that ends up winning out. But uh, you know, from what I learned uh, this week, you know, I, I don't think that this was uh, this was necessarily easy for Joe because he he really believed in what Billy had been building, and obviously he was part of uh, this recruiting success that they had had. But can't turn out can't turn down an opportunity to go home, and that's really was the driving force here. Um, but it is worth mentioning that, that these are two, uh, you know, staff members that are now moved on that Florida are going to, they're going to have not, it's not going to be easy to replace either one of these guys. Yeah, I think, I mean, listen, I, I, I've said this a bunch of times. I think you, you agree as well, like super impressed with Callie James, um, talking to, talking to big Gerv, big Gervon Dexter. Um, he loved Callie, loved working with him. Um, Callie got the promotion because he was a graduate assistant, uh, graduated, so needed to to get another uh, job. But listen, he was going to be an on-the-field coach at some point, getting that job at Jackson State. Um, love that for him. And, and listen, you can't fault Joe Houston. And I get it. Listen, like fans, there hasn't Hamilton, been – Hamilton. Hamilton. Sorry. Rod Wave. Um, yeah. there, there, there hadn't been a ton of positive news. So, like, I get it that like everyone's ready to jump everyone's jumping off the bandwagon but it's like joe hamilton gets to go home like he's from two hours outside of houston 
Yep. Um, his hometown's three hours from College Station. He's going to be making good money to be able to go back home and and hat. He already has all of those relationships with all of the the high school head coaches and and the seven on seven coaches. Like you can't um, knock anyone for wanting uh, to go home. And, and I think it'll be you know uh, a good thing for him. Two two tough losses for Florida, but. Um, you know, it's it's nothing that you can't overcome. But they are great people um, and really and that, hard workers. And, They're both, and young. that's what you're not going to replace. You know, yeah. Um, so it's obviously best of luck to those guys because I think they're both moving up with these with these new jobs that they landed. Obviously, uh, Cali is, and um, you know, Joe. I, I gotta Listen, say, they, I gotta say, they they don't get DJ Lagway without Joe. Bot, I would say, bottom line is when when I started hearing the news about Joe, and I was looking into it for like two days before uh, before it broke. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm like the only thing that's keeping yep. in my mind. I'm like S- worst S- case scenario, S- DJ's S- leaving, S- but you can't. Yeah, you can't transfer. You know, in the second quarter window, you can't go from SEC to SEC. And I'm like, whoo! Good thing Joe didn't go to like Florida State. That'd be or, tough. Or if he didn't go to Texas and they uh, still weren't out of the SEC, but they are now, so that wouldn't have yeah. worked either. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, but DJ has said that I think to you, to Keith, he has said that to anyone that will listen, like big Joe, that's my guy. Um, and it's, it's interesting because we always talk about, um, the head coach is such a great recruiter or man, that Russ Callaway, he's landing all these kids and there, there's just so many people, especially with as many people that are employed in Florida's football program that have a hand in recruiting and people yeah. that you know, you've maybe have never even heard of, um, you know, like, listen, Tyler miles is talking to, to yeah. recruits when they're so on campus. People, for that's one, that's one thing that is, that is prominent in Napier's program is that they involve a lot of people in the recruiting process. They don't yeah. just kind of lean on the coaches and re- recruiting staffers. They get everybody involved for sure. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, again, that's kind of a rundown of where everything is at. Uh, by the time that we are visiting you all next week, uh, probably could have news on the 10th assistant coach. Um, and if that's not official, I don't think it'll be far after that. But uh, That sounds like my guy, Zach, is a bloodhound right now. Nose <laughs> to the ground, chasing the scent. Hey, I'll, I know that the uh, the process is pretty far along. So, um, you know, the good thing is I, I think that kind of Billy had already started uh, those wheels turning before Stapleton News even came out. So um, a little bit of a head start there. And uh, we are one week away from the start of spring practices. Uh, Nick and I are going to run through our biggest questions entering spring camp, some top players to watch, and some other storylines as well. Before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Prairie Dental Center in Gainesville, Florida. The doctor is a UF grad, 
who's practiced in Gainesville for three decades and developed a deep understanding of how to diagnose and treat various dental problems along with advanced skills and knowledge to provide more effective and efficient care to his patients. If you're having dental concerns or just need a cleaning, Prairie Dental Center offers a wide range of options to meet your needs. Give their office a call at 352-373-3431. Tell them Gators Online sent you and your new patient exam will be free. And uh, a week from this Thursday, Nick and I will be out there on the practice field uh, watching this team get after it. 27 new scholarship players added to the roster from the 2024 class. Uh, Obviously, some departures as well from NFL draft, portal. Uh, So a lot of questions about this team heading into spring ball. Nick, what are some of the biggest ones that you have? I mean, obviously, like I said, Zach, uh, what number is DJ Lagway wearing? (laughs) Um, How is Jeremy Crawshaw doing just, you know, as a person, uh, as a man? Um, I I think there are some interesting as a punter, yeah, I mean, obviously great. Um, I think there's there's a bunch of different um, things to look at uh, from a starting job, like quarterbacks locked up, um, running backs locked up. I think tackles are kind of locked up. Who starts at guard? Center's locked up, but Jake Slaughter, you lost both starting starting guards. And I, you know, you and I have gone back and forth about the offensive line. I don't think they really improved the offensive line much, which then. How do you run behind that offensive line? How do you start to build and mesh as an offensive line in the spring and figure out those answers? I think Najee Harris is one, but then who's the other one at guard? Especially um, if you're young there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of young, playmakers. Ar- Arliss Boardingham, Hayden Hansen, Tony Livingston, and then you, know, you lose Ricky Pearsall, you've got Eugene Wilson, and who? I like Andy Jean, I think. I like Aiden Mizell, I think. Uh, I put Marcus Burke on my, like, now or never list. Yeah. Um, But you've got a massive, massive comet-sized crater hole to fill uh, in the form of Ricky Pearsall, who will be uh, in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine this week. And I think that, you know, as much as (laughs) I don't expect this guy to – come close to Ricky's production or um, ability. I do think that Shamir DK is going to become Mertz's go-to target uh, with, with Eugene Wilson. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think again, that he's going to be as dynamic or as productive, but I do think that their history there, the, like you said, Nick, the just kind of openness there at, at the receiver spot. I think that, Eugene Wilson is the only guaranteed starter. Um, you know, there, there, there's going to be some chemistry and I think some history there that that Mertz leans on, but they're going to need they're going to need one of those young guys like it was Eugene Wilson in 2023. They're going to need another one, whether it's you know one of the redshirt freshmen and Mizell or Gene, or one of the true freshmen in uh, got some speed. That's for Haw- sure. Yeah, Hawkins and Abrams. Mm-hmm. Like one of those guys or two of those guys need to push, you know, Marcus Burke, uh, Jaquavion Frazier's for playing time and get on the field, make an impact. Um, you know, the, the Gators got speed to burn, so that that's something that I think are you know which which one of those guys of the of those four that I just mentioned is ready to take that next step yep. and provide and provide that 
weapon playmaker that Nick's just mentioned that they that they need one to emerge. Um, and, you know, and that's really think- what I mean. That's really what I mean. Zach is just when I say like, hey, they don't have playmakers. I'm just saying they don't have anyone proven. Like, yeah, I'm not saying, hey, I think Andy Jean and Andy Mizell are bad players. I, I, we just haven't seen them. Uh, yeah. Very, very limited. Um, you got some legit track speed um in 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 tank um but it's just it's just unproven yeah yeah and then defensively nick what are some of your your biggest questions that you see yeah i mean honestly the clearly florida fan favorite currently mumi ellen how do you replace him (laughs) um you have a lot of guys i like justice boone i think florida's defensive line i don't know that there's any first team all sec guy on it um but I think you're really, really deep um, between Boone and Sapp and Jackson and um, Dez and Banks and Slackman and um, Gums. And and you've got a lot of guys. Um, it looks like Jack Pyburn is like a, a cyborg, the way he, how quickly he's coming <laughs> back. Um, but, you know, someone who won't be ready for spring, obviously. But yeah. um, you've got a lot of those guys. The secondary is going to be really, really young. Outside of Jason Marshall – in Asa Turner, everyone's a sophomore, freshman, redshirt freshman, yeah. super young. So I think getting Asa Turner in there to kind of sit next to Jordan Castell, who, while young on paper, played more snaps than anyone last year <laughs> on defense. Yeah. Um, and then to me, listen, Shamar's locked down a starting spot. If if Shamar James is healthy, he will be starting at linebacker. Who's next to him? Is it Pup Howard? Is it Miles Graham? Um who steps into that role? I'm, I'm really, really interested to see Pup and Miles um, and, and how yeah. they and how they look. So there's a bunch of questions for me. I think the defensive line has a great, great depth, great numbers. Um, who's next to Shamar and how do the young guys look in the secondary? Because the secondary is very, very young. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Nick. You know, I think the biggest question mark for me is offensive line, which we've gotten into. What, how's that going to shake out at guard? Who's going to start where at the left and right tackle spots? That's all going to be fascinating. Um, I think that, the, like you said, probably the biggest question mark on defense is who replaces Prince Lee Uman Mielin. I think it's I think it's Cersei season. I think it is thir- Cersei S-Z-N, Nick. Um, I think that that dude coming off a of freshman all-SEC uh, season mm-hmm. – I know that Jack Pyburn is the other guy at that Jack outside no, no, no. linebacker spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but he's, he but tore, he's he, with, yeah towards ACL in November, and it's I mean yeah. this is this is Cersei's time to shine. He's going to get all the first team reps in spring. Um, the way that Pyburn is recovering, I anticipate him obviously being ready for the season. But I think Cersei getting the full off season. Um, getting all the first team reps. And I, I just think he's got the highest ceiling there. Um, I think that he's he's going to be the one that kind of emerges at that spot, or at least he's the one that I anticipate. Uh, you know, you got George Gums there, Quincy Ivory, Jamarcus Weston. Shout out to uh, the former yeah. wide receiver uh, safety linebacker. And now he's on his yeah. fourth spot. Um, because of that, though, I just, I just think that Cersei – it's it's there. The job is there for the taking for him. And then in the secondary, you know, you're right, Nick. They are young, that, but they did add uh, Bridges and DJ Douglas. Mm-hmm. Both those guys yeah. are redshirt seniors. So like they, which they needed. Um, 
And, and I'm, I'm I'm fascinated about what's going to happen with those two. Where do they play? Is where yes. I'm fascinated with because like, before Asa shows up, I think okay, Traquez will play safety, Douglas will play nickel, or vice versa. But both guys probably starting yeah. now. I look at Asa Turner, his production, his seniority, and I'm like, that's your guy. That's Jordan Castell. In my mind, we are close to sharpieing st- uh, starting safeties. And, and now you've got two other guys who have some experience um, and guys who can tackle. Yeah. Which I'm sure when Will Harris got, uh, you know, was on that flight back to Cali to pick up his stuff, watching stuff on, uh, on an iPad, going, whoa, time yeah. to send some offers. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And like that star spot, man. Yeah. You lost Jaden Hill. Um who is going to emerge there? Like, I, I think right now going into, I, you know, we've reported Gators online that the staff has not made up its mind where DJ Douglas is going to play. Mm-hmm. He can play star or safety. They yeah. recruited uh, Bridges to play safety. He was a cornerback uh, at Oregon. I think played some nickel, but was mostly a cornerback. But, you know, he's got the obviously the versatility that he could play star. But again, he was recruited at safety. So to your point, Nick, when he got signed from Oregon, I thought, OK, Castell and Bridges are your starting safeties. Um, but I agree with you. Turner adding Turner to that mix makes him one of the starters. Um, I think you get a healthy rotation probably is what's going to happen with Turner, Castell, Bridges and don't forget Bryce Thornton as well, um, who kind of took over as a starter for Miguel Mitchell, which is part of the reason why he's gone. But at that star spot, you're going to have, I anticipate DJ Douglas. You're also going to have Sharif Denson. Yeah. But does one of the corners maybe move or play some star just to try and get your best guys on the field? Like we know Jaden, uh, Jason Marshall is going to start at one of the, the, uh, corner spots. Um, you lost Jalen Kimber to Penn State, and I think everybody, you know, views Devin Moore as just stepping right in. I think he would have started over Kimber last season if he wouldn't have been hurt so much. But you also got a ton of talented freshman corners. Uh, Grimsley, you got Dejon Johnson, Mustard, uh, you got Jakeem Jackson. Um, so do you, do you maybe? Tr- Try one of those guys at nickel just to just to create some depth or competition. Um, they're, they're, I, I would imagine that they're going to experiment and do a lot of cross training. Nick. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lack of bodies or a lack of talent. Um, yeah, I think adding the the uh, experience they did is important, especially because you know I'm looking at a guy like Aaron Gates too, um, who got his first playing time later on in the year after dealing with knee yeah. injuries uh, seemingly forever. And if it seemed like a long time for us, you can only imagine how, how long it seemed for him having to, you know, actually go through it. So 
another guy I'm excited to see. I think he's, he has a, uh, the potential to be a really good player. Uh, what does he look like fully healthy as well? So and he made a position change too this year. Mm-hmm. Going from cornerback to safety. And again, he's another guy I, I, from what I've, from what I understand, I think the staff likes him at safety, but if the need persists at star, he's yeah. a corner now moving to safety that he can fit in that role. Um, does he get a shot there? Um, and that, in that group, that group, that group do, does a ton of cross training. So, you know, we said it on, we, we let fans know last year, it was like, listen, despite Corey Raymond being named the secondary coach, Austin Armstrong is coaching the safeties and the nickels work with the safeties. Those they practice yeah. together when they yeah. do go off into individual They're classified drills. as safeties on the roster yes. too. Yeah. So that's interesting so, to me. There, there's a lot of good questions. I think Florida's team, and I've done a couple shows this week and podcasts uh, where people want to talk about how tough the schedule is. I think Florida's team, like on paper, might be even deeper in some spots, specifically uh, on the defensive line. I think the linebacker room is much better than it was last year when you add yeah. Pup uh, and Miles and, and Aaron Childs. When he shows up, he won't be here in the spring. Yeah. But when he shows up, he's a, a grown man. Um, pretending to be a high school athlete. Um, so I think Justice Boone being back is huge too. Yeah. Like you can, he is an emotional leader along with being um, a leader on the field in the weight room. Um, and, but you can only do so much of that when you're not in it. Like it's tough to, and you saw him, they brought him on some road trips even. And you see him on the yeah. sideline, he's trying to get into it, but it's different when you're in sweatpants and on crutches and you got sunglasses on versus running off the field, you know, with, with uh, blood dripping down your arm and, and, and grass stains on your clothes. It's a, it's a yeah. little bit different. So after, having him back just knocked huge. out Will Levis. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it's a little bit different, but I think getting him back will be huge. Um, I think Florida is in my opinion, their biggest losses uh, were Jaden Hill, Princely Wimmy Allen, uh, and, obviously Trevor ETN. And I think you're equipped at all, all three of those positions running back. I think like, you know, and we said this, I thought the perception of Trevor ETN leaving specifically where he went was worse than what you lose in production. Now I think he's probably still their best would have been the Florida's best running back, but I think you're fine with uh, Jaden Baugh. Um, I'm blanking on the other freshman, Jaden Baugh, Trayon Webb, Caden Daniels and um, and Montreal Johnson. I think that's a, a a stable of four that you're fine with. Um, there's like nine guys that can play edge and, and rush the passer. Um, and then yeah. we mentioned we mentioned all of the guys you know in the secondary. Yeah. Sorry, Harrison. Yeah. It's a veil snowstorm knocked out our uh, streaming service, but we're back, buddy. We're back, and um, there is two other questions specifically on special teams and that might not I might not be going where you guys think no Nick we're not talking about the punters locked up um we are talking about the punting game though the Gators will have to replace not only their punt returner Ricky Pearsall but their top kick returner Trevor Etienne so I don't know how much we'll get to see in practice uh we'll find out who's working where as as camp plays out and then obviously in the spring game, we'll get to see who they put back there. But 
Um, I would imagine Jason Marshall, he's done it before, could take over as the punt returner, but um, it'll be interesting to see who reps there as well as returning kicks. Yeah, I, I mean, Eugene Wilson's a guy. Back there. Eugene Wilson, Aiden Mizell, can Andy Jean do it? Um, Hawkins. Can one, yeah. The fastest can, can player Tank, on the team. Can Tank do it? Can Hawk? Like, you've got a bunch of options. Um, not something I'd be worried about, but something definitely to watch. I think that's that's a super interesting point you bring up. Like, there are some options, and there's some some real speed. Shout out to Harrison uh, for the speed and space. They definitely – um, you know, added to that this off season. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they get those guys involved. Whether that's on special teams, would love to obviously see them take off on some go routes. Um, but we're gonna circle back. You know, those are some of the biggest questions that we have. I, I want to get more specifically into players to watch. Um, whether these are breakouts that Nick and I expect, whether these are newcomers, be the, be them transfers or high school early enrollees. Nick, who are some of your top players? That, like You already mentioned, obviously, the number anticipation. Uh, but just as we get out there on that first day, like who can you not wait to see besides um, Jeremy Crawshaw? Yeah, LJ McCray. Um LJ McCray and Miles Graham. Those are I, we just spent like 10 minutes talking about guys, edge rushers, defensive line, and, and forgot to mention a five-star LJ McCray. Um DJ Lagway is the one we talk about, and, and rightfully so. Um, but LJ McCray and Miles Graham are the two freshmen I think will play the most. I have the mm-hmm. best opportunity to play. I think Miles Graham could win a starting job at some point. Um, that's how good I think he is. And I think LJ McCray, we saw how much Kelby Collins and how much TJ Cersei were able to play as freshmen. Um, yeah. Kelby, uh, um, LJ McCray is better and more advanced than they were at this point of their careers. So those are the two guys that I can't wait to see. Uh, I've seen LJ McCray in person a couple times. He is massive just a gigantic human um, and really fast. And I'll be interested to see where they play him. I think they will play him in several places, Um, but watching his film and what he does off the edge, like that's where I would like to see him. I don't know if that's where he'll be, but that's where I would like to see him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, uh, I'm, I'm with you and, and look, I, I fall. I don't think that there is a Florida fan. I don't think that there's a Florida media member. I don't think that there is a person in that program that can't wait to see DJ on day one. I mean, it just like, even though Graham Mertz is the starter and it's a blessing for Florida that they return, uh, you know, their redshirt senior quarterback who just is coming off of a, career high season boy all eyes are going to be on dj and that just comes with the territory 
of what if like one of Graham Mertz professors schedules an exam for March seventh, and, and, and Graham can't and Graham can't make the first practice. <laughs> just just, just oh, cause a bunch of controversy out of the game. Yeah, yeah. It, like, listen, DJ Lagway. We've talked about it so much on the it's show. We've had him like, on the show. This is like Tebow. Tebow's first practice out there. It's the closest thing to it. Hundred percent. Um, DJ Lagway is a franchise player, a guy that you can win a championship with SEC and or otherwise. Um, but this is still Graham Mertz's team. And, yep. and I, and I can't say enough about Graham Mertz. You've talked to Graham about it. I've talked to Graham about it. He's talked to the media at large about it. Graham Mertz is a hundred percent in on being that mentor to DJ. Like, yeah, D, listen, DJ isn't, didn't sign up and isn't going to put his helmet on thinking, Man, it's going to be so cool to sit the bench this year. Like, DJ would love to win the starting job. I don't think he's going to. I think this is Graham Mertz's team. Um, but DJ is going to push him. And Graham Mertz is ready for that, but also ready to let DJ see, hey, this is what it takes just from a getting your schoolwork done so that you have time to then do extra film work because that's what it takes to be successful as a quarterback at Florida. You can't just – show up for practice and meetings and then go home and do whatever you want to do. So having somebody like Graham, who's going into his sixth year, I think, and somebody that has that experience who isn't worried about losing his job and excited yep. about being a mentor, I think is going to be huge uh, for DJ Lagway, huge for the locker room and huge for the, the future of the Gators, which Graham Mertz doesn't have to do that. Like he's signed up for one more year. Like that's all he has left. And, and yeah. it's easy to get a big ego and be like, man, screw this kid. All the fans, that's all they want to do is talk about him. This is what I did last year, and I'm not going to talk to him. I'm not going to help him because if, if I do help him and he takes my job, that might hurt my future. And if I do help him, he's just going to help the team next year, and it's not my team. So that's a selfish attitude and, and couldn't be farther from the attitude that Graham has uh, towards DJ in this year. No doubt. No doubt. And um, we've gotten into the offensive line. I, I think that there are several players that I'm looking forward to watching, but maybe the one the most is Roger Kearney because I'm very interested to see how much he reps at guard and yeah, where he's at in his progression because if he – can continue to rep as and serve as the backup center while also stepping in as the starting guard where he was ranked as one of the best recruits in the country. I, like, I think that that would be the best case scenario for Florida because I think that Najee that would Harris, be Najee, Slaughter, Kearney. And, and you've got two guards now that are young, that are part yep. of that class that you can now play with for years to come. And instead of like, trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and figure out which one of your tackles can play guard. And I, I think that they'll get one of them to do it if they have to, but I'm just very, very interested to see Kearney's involvement at the guard position, how much he's cross training, or if they, they simply stick him and, and keep him at center. I don't anticipate that. Um, I would and use then the spring the to get him back to guard. Like, like he was a guard at IMG and then got to Florida and they were like, Hey, how about we'll just you cross train with, both? How about you start with the ball in your hand? And Najah Harris was yeah. a center in high school. And they were like, 
over to guard, buddy. So they flip-flop them, and, and Najee Harris was able to get in a bunch, and Rod knew that, hey, this is going to be a development process. But you found something in Jake Slaughter. Because of Kingsley's injury, you found something yeah, in Jake Slaughter. Great point. Who, who, you know, if, if I was doing that, you know, now or never list, I probably would have thrown Jake Slaughter on it before last year. Um, yeah, and, and he, he, he had a, after a, after a, a tough first game, which listen, you're on the road, but after a tough first, first game, game ever. was yeah. fantastic. So you found something in slaughter, which you probably weren't banking on when you moved Rod Kearney from guard to center. But now you're yeah. probably going to have to replace your left tackle. Your right tackle in Crenshaw Dixon is only only has one year of eligibility left. So I think the point yeah. you made, Zach, of, hey, we have Jake slaughter for another year, Rod Kearney. For another year or two years, three years, we have Najee Harris yeah. for two, three years. We're going to have to replace the outside. What if we get this nucleus ready yes. for 2025 and get them these reps now? I think that's what that, in my opinion. Now, listen, we could go out there and uh, Rob Sale could laugh at us if he's listening to this, and be like Rod's playing center. You guys are idiots, but I think that's a really <laughs> interesting. I think that's a really interesting <laughs> dynamic, especially when you look and and you forecast, you know, going into next year. If you can have your left guard, center, right guard coming back as starters for next year, I think that's huge. And Rod Kearney, I think I would put as one of the better options at any of the three interior offensive line spots. Do you remember what Billy said about him too? I think he he said that he had the best offensive line tape in the country in that year's class, in his opinion. So um, I I think it would be huge if Florida can get both him and Harris to – you know, progress to the point that they're ready to start in their second year. That'd be fantastic. Um, and then on the defensive side, a, a lot of players that I can point to is the top guys I want to watch. But I go back to the transfer class and the purpose of the portal, which is to improve your roster and get better at spots so that you can get better as a team. And I think everybody can agree that on the defensive line, the Gators need more. They need more pressure. They need more production. They need more impact. I, I think that you're set with uh, Cam Jackson coming back as your nose tackle. But I think that there's going to be a lot of competition for that, what Florida calls it, that end spot, or what maybe some would view as a defensive tackle. But I think that where Caleb Banks started last season, he's now going to be challenged, I would anticipate, by Joey Slackman. Um and, and this is the guy who was the number two defensive tackle in the portal, um, according to On3's industry rankings. So this is a guy that was the highlight of your transfer class or one of them. And I think for you to get better as a unit and you to get better up front, he's got to be a big part of that, whether he starts or whether he's heavily involved in the rotation and, and making an impact on um, you know spe- specific downs and specific packages. I, I want to see if he is coming over from the Ivy League ready to step in and, and make that type of impact and make that type of transition because it is going to be an adjustment coming over to the SEC, but he's also a guy that they're really excited about as a staff and team and, and think that he can help. So we'll find out. Yeah. Again, that line is is deep. I mean, shoot. I, I just spent five minutes – gushing about LJ McCray, who we had completely forgotten when we did our first like pass through the defensive line. So um I, I mean I said I said it tonight or I said it last year uh that I thought the line was was better and deeper. Um so like again I don't know that there's a first team all SEC guy 
maybe a first team all, uh, all freshman SEC guy. Um, but I think the, the the talent that you have with Collins and Slackman and Cam and Boone coming back and Searcy, McCray, um, it's a lot, a lot of names there, a lot of potential there. No doubt, no doubt. So, uh, again, we are one week away from the start of spring ball. We've already started our depth chart projections, put the offense out on Thursday. You can read the defense on Friday. We'll have a lot more coverage coming your way to get you ready for the start of spring camp. So make sure you stay locked with Gators Online. And uh, before we get out of here, I uh, want to touch on UF hoops and baseball and the latest happening on those two fronts. Obviously, the Gators, with a win Wednesday night over Missouri, reach 20 wins for the season. And uh, that is that is significant, as I've reported and we've talked about, that that 20 to 10 mark, 10 wins in, in league play, is kind of the numbers that the Gators had been shooting for because since the tournament expanded to 20 teams, uh, or excuse me, to 64 teams, the Gators have never had 20 wins and uh, 10 in SEC and not made the tournament. So they already got there before we get to March and, you know, still have three regular season games left and uh, they're already at 20 wins. And uh, this is the first time that they've had a 20 win regular season since 2017 and 2018. And also marks the first time since 2016 that Florida reached 20 wins before uh, the month of February close. So kind of a big deal uh, that Golden has kind of sparked this turnaround. The Gators have won 11 of their last uh, nine of their last 11 games, seven straight at home. When they got that win over Missouri, Nick, the first time that was their first SEC road win of the season. And since then, they've just been on a tear, could have easily won the game that they lost at Texas A&M and at uh and at Alabama and could be 11 and 0 um, or, or during that stretch. So um, also could have lost some of those games that they, that they pulled out. Obviously Kentucky um, was one that they got done. So uh, right now they're in a really good spot heading into March. Uh, we'll see how they finish out the year and then how they do uh, in the SEC tournament. But right now current NCAA projections have them as a number six seed, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Potentially a number five seed if they can keep winning, Nick. But um, shoot, this is a team, Zach. A month ago, we were talking weekly on the bubble, last four in, first four out. So I think it's a testament to where they've gotten. Um, You know, obviously that one weird loss uh, on you know Wednesday night WWE SmackDown in Tuscaloosa. Alabama looks, I mean, really good. They're scoring 100 a game. But how do you think Florida finishes two road games uh, and then that rematch with Alabama senior night um, looking like that's Tuesday? So at South Carolina Saturday at noon, uh, be able to tune into baseball after that. So South Carolina, Alabama, Vanderbilt, 
How do you see Florida finishing here? Mm, man, I I think they're going to find a way to go two and one. Um, I think it's certainly possible that they could go three and zero, oh, but that that's going to be that's going to be a tough stretch uh, at South Carolina and then come right back at Alabama. But look, the Gators are really really good at home this season, thirteen and one, um, seven straight in SEC play, and I think that they get them getting Alabama. In the O-Dome, that is a game that they can win. Um, but I also think that that South Carolina is, is you know, they, they certainly have the potential to get a dub there as well. But that is um, going to be a harder matchup. It's on the road. Um, that would be the one that I would anticipate as a loss. And then, obviously, going on the road at Vanderbilt, that's always a weird place to play. Uh, Vanderbilt got a win the other night, and they, they played pretty well against Florida. But I, I still anticipate that that's going to be a game that Florida should win. So, you know, they I think that they could finish the season 22 and nine, which would be pretty impressive. Uh, 21 and 10 at the worst. Um, but that's why it was so critical to get to this 2010 yeah. threshold. And after you lost at Alabama in overtime, win these two games at home against Vanderbilt and Missouri that are at the bottom of the SEC. You just had to take care of business so that you could get through this threshold. And now you're playing with house money against South Carolina and against Alabama. And if you can win one of those games, you're improving your seating. Now you're potentially a five seed. Um, and uh, you got a lot of confidence going into uh, the tournament in Nashville. So uh, they're in a good spot right now. Uh, shout out to Golden and this team for um, making Florida basketball fun again. Um because it's like Florida right basketball. Now. What do they say, Zach? Florida basketball. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, they're saying it again. And um, Portal God Todd. Portal God, the, the Todd father. The Todd um, father. What's the uh, nicknames for Kevin O'Sullivan? Sully. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Sully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did he feel about uh, a four and one week for the Gators? And obviously, uh, really impressive performance from uh, his his pitching staff, or specifically uh, Liam Peterson. Yeah, Liam Peterson has been as good as advertised. Um, and, man, I was I, – I, I didn't like doing it, but I just felt strongly about it when I said, you know, he's the best freshman arm I've seen since Brady Singer because I know what that kind of pressure that will put on him or, you know, saying or comparing him to Brady Singer. Um, but he's just a stud. 18-year-old kid throwing the ball 95, throws four pitches, um, hasn't given up a run yet. Really big test for him this week on the road at Miami. Uh, he pitched on the road at UNF. Totally different ball game in Coral Gables. Yeah. That's a, a rabid fan base. They love baseball down there in South Florida. Um, so it will be a different environment in Coral Gables than it was at UNF. But Florida's um, still figuring things out. It, this first month of the season is all about – getting opportunities and finding out who you can trust uh, with those, op you know, uh, once the season really starts mattering uh, come SEC play, which we're creeping up on. Um, yeah. So the Gators fell on Tuesday. Credit the Florida fans. I, I mean, I, obviously I saw on Twitter some meltdown going on. But we've created a really good baseball community on, on the message board on Gators Online. There was minimal midweek meltdown. Uh, so shout out. I, I tip my cap 
to the Gators Online message board. I was certainly getting uh, getting it every which way on, on Tuesday about Florida uh, being bad, cancel the season, fire Sully. Uh, but, yeah, Florida baseball, um, huge series. This is kind of a measuring stick of where each program is early on in the year. So um, I'll be there. If you're in South Florida and if you're heading to the games, holler at me. Uh, come and say hello. And uh, I'm looking forward to a little Cuban coffee and a Mark Light mm. shake, Zach. A little cafecito. Mm. And some nice weather, hopefully. Yeah. In the 70s. Let's go. Let's go. Well, uh, exciting times right now with uh, UF Athletics. And um, we are going to cover what should be an exciting weekend uh, on our beats as the Gators head to uh, Columbia, South Carolina for a top 25 matchup that I don't think anybody anticipated uh, was going to be the case going into the season. But uh, both Florida and South Carolina have exceeded expectations this year, uh, now playing for seeding down the stretch. So we'll see how that game plays out. Then the Gators are at home Tuesday against Alabama for their rematch. Nick will be in Miami to see how the Gators fare against the Hurricanes. And then obviously uh, when we join you guys next week, it will be after practice number one for the Florida Gators. We'll let you know how they look, what we saw, and uh, make sure that you stay locked to Gators online for all of our coverage. You can get in the door for just a dollar. Make sure you like and subscribe for all the videos we got coming from spring ball. And hopefully uh, a number five seed, wherever they send me for the tournament, uh, you'll be able to watch it on the Gators Online channel. So uh, until next time, for Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albaverde. We'll see you guys later. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.